Uh, come, Holy Spirit, come and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. So two weeks ago um, today was Easter Sunday and Father Mark brought a message that was focusing in on Mary Magdalene early morning encounter with Jesus. And um, it really cut deep to me. And I haven't been able to, to let go of it. And so I want to use that as kind of the framework in understanding my understanding of what uh, is going on in this walk to Emmaus, okay? Um, so Mary, if you don't mind, I'm going to do a quick retell um, for those of you who perhaps weren't able to be here for Easter Sunday. or It's in John's Gospel 20. Uh, verses 1 through 18, if you want to make a note and read it. But um, after finding, Mary goes early in the morning, after finding the, when she gets there, the, the, the stone is gone, rolled away from the tomb. And she looks in and, and Jesus' body's not there. And the story goes on. John says that she then ran back to wherever the disciples were, wherever that is, some room somewhere in Jerusalem, I guess, um, and tells them that the body's been gone, it's been taken. And so the disciples all go. We don't know. We know at least Peter and John. We says some others. And they all ran um, back to the tomb, and they found it just as Mary had said. And then they go back. But Mary stays. And the scripture said that she remained there weeping outside of the tomb. And she encounters first a couple angels, um, and then in turning... She saw Jesus, but she did not know it was Jesus. And that's kind of what connected me to this, this road to Emmaus. And Mark said that, and I love this, so he didn't say this, the gospel said this, but that she thought it was the gardener. And he spent some time focusing in on Jesus as the gardener. And it just really got all up in my garden. Um, <laughs> And be honest with you, I told him afterwards, um, uh, he landed the plane for me right there. And, uh, and he didn't even have to take off again, although he did, because um, I was in it. And um, so this is what, what grabbed me. So Jesus, the gardener, called Mary by name. And when he called her by name, um, her eyes were open. Those are my words. And then he quoted, um, he went and quoted um, Isaiah 43, verse 1. And I'll just read that to you. Thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. I was just so touched by that word. Um, I know that, but I know that. And I suspect that for those of you who are able to hear that, something was stirring in you as well. I just, I mean, I can't imagine that that word didn't stir you. Uh, since then, um, that's two weeks, I've been praying that Jesus, the master gardener, would just enter into my heart and my mind and dig and till 
and plant, for I do believe I was created and formed by him, that I was redeemed by him, that he calls me by name and I'm his. Um, I believe that. So last week, we found ourselves in the upper room in the following verses in John's gospel. Right after verse 18 comes verse 19. And Jesus entered into this place where the disciples were. For fear of the Jews, they had locked the door. And there they were. And Jesus enters in. And he has this amazing encounter. He says, peace be with you. And then he says... Um, and he breathed on them, and he said, if you receive the sins of any, they're received. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. But he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus enters in, speaks peace, breathes on them, and invites them to receive the Holy Spirit. As the story progresses, um, they are back in the room eight days later, and Thomas is there. And Thomas had already said, I'm not going to believe your witness. I need to see for myself. All right. Um, and he does. And he touches him and says, my Lord and my God. Now, I'm, this is all a setup, guys. Because today, we travel from Jerusalem to Emmaus with these two disciples. Cleopas is one. Um, and then we end up going back to Jerusalem, do we not? To where the disciples were. And Luke tells it this way. Jesus walks, if you will, beside them. And then here's my language. He walks into these two disciples, lost hope, their broken hearts, their shattered dreams. Did you not hear the reading Betsy read for us? What was they thought? This Jesus was supposed to be, this shattered dreams. And what does he do? He engages them. Jesus drew near and went with them. I just love that. He drew near and went with them in their lost hope, in their broken hearts, in their shattered dreams, in their fear. Just, just make the list, guys. Unmet needs. Hard times, deaths, struck. I mean, he enters in, he draws near. And beginning with Moses, the scripture says, and all the prophets, he interprets to them all the scriptures concerning himself. So, using Mark's image, again, I believe, what was that? I believe Jesus, the master gardener, was tilling their soul with the word. And I believe that's the purpose of the word, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a trustworthy account that bears witness to Jesus. And he was tilling the soul with that word, this master gardener, their rocky soil, uh, just their, their cluttered soil. What's your soil like? Shallow soil, never planted on soil, and he plants seeds after that work of new hopes and dreams for a life in the resurrected Lord. This, this past, uh, well, yesterday, um, Ruth did gardening. My wife loves gardening. Ruth loves gardening. 
And I was, we had done some work, I was doing some work over here and I came back up and she was still gardening and she was pulling out some type of bulb that is prolific and there were way too many of them, but she was pulling them out and she was putting them in a wagon and she was putting them in pots. And I said, what are you going to do with those? She said, well, I'm going to give them away. So I want to come back to that. Gardening was not just for her, but it was for others. So to use Mark's Easter image of the gardener, he tills, he plants, and who does he do it for? So what did it lead them to after he gave them that word? They're about, they get to Emmaus, and what do they do? Dan stumbled over what they did. <laughs> what did they do, Dan? They said, stay with us. What, what was that? If that wasn't the conviction of, that the word brought on them, their hearts, and I'm going to go to Acts, they were cut to the heart and said, what must we do? Um, they were convicted and they said, stay with us. And he did. He enters in. And so what I want to say to you, uh, and I said to myself, when a word grabs you, um, stay with it. Oftentimes, I'll hear a word, a great word, and I'll say, Dan, that was a great word, Martin, that was a great word, and then I just move on. But when you get a good word, stay with it. Invite it in. And I stayed with that word, Mark gave. You're mine. You've been redeemed. I know you by name. Um, you're mine. And I stayed with it. And I mean, it's changed me these last couple of weeks, reminded me of who I am. And I'm reminded, I'll be honest with you, of Revelation to John. There's a, you know this verse when I say it, if those of you who know the scriptures, it's in Revelation 3, verse 20. And he, John has been given a word for the church in Laodicea. And Laodicea had become lukewarm. They were neither hot nor cold. And the reason being because they had lots of things that they didn't need anymore. Had all their needs met. And so they'd become lukewarm in their faith. And the scripture says, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door and says, stay with me, I think, um, I will come into them and eat with them and they with me. I don't think that's too far a stretch to what was going on in Emmaus. They were cut to the heart. Their hearts were stirred. They invited Jesus to come and stay with them. And then what did he do? He sits at table with them. He takes the bread and he breaks it and he gives it and he blesses them. And then the scriptures say after that, after they recognized him, what did they do? And they rose that same hour and they returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 and those that were with them gathered saying the Lord has risen indeed. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ has risen indeed. That, you see, we didn't come on. Y'all really mumbled through that. Um, but that's where we got that. The Lord is risen indeed. Um, is not this the work of the Holy Spirit? I'm asking you. Is not this what Jesus promised to all of us? Because what Peter says at that 
after Pentecost event, here we are in Acts 2 now, um, and he gives this amazing word, and they were cut to the heart when they said, what must we do? They stayed with that word. He said, what must we do? And he said, what? Repent, return to the Lord, if you will. Um, uh, be baptized, belong, enter in, commit, get involved, if you will, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And this promise, it goes on, it says not just for you, it's for your children, it's for those who are far off and everyone whom the Lord God calls. What I am suggesting is that this Emmaus event, if you will, is a picture of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's not, I mean, it's not just about Jesus, if you will, and the breaking of bread. Um, let me read, read to you something that came to me after the 8 o'clock service. Um, Mark was celebrating, and I'm down on page 10. You're welcome to, to look at that. And it says, we celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice, we're talking about the bread and wine, of praise and thanksgiving, and we offer you these gifts. Sanctify, which means set apart, which means continue that work. Sanctify them by what? Anybody reading it? Your word and Holy Spirit. It's both that everything we do is because we open up to Jesus who's come alongside of us. We've been urged to have him come in and we stay with it. And then the Holy Spirit just grabs hold of our life and does that ongoing work of sanctification. Peter's response was repent. Jesus' response was what? Breaks the bread. Tell you another little story. So um, this week I called up one of our families here and I said, I'd like to talk with your children. And I want to read this story because I'm interested in their insight into this. And so I went over to their home. They had a couple of friends there. There were four children sitting there. And we went over this story. And I just said, what, what do you hear in that? And one of the friends said, what I hear is when Jesus came in, he took the bread and he broke it perfectly. And they remembered him breaking the bread at the Last Supper. That's what they said. And I've been reflecting on that and I realized that Jesus did break it perfectly because he has perfect love for us he's redeemed us and he's called us by name I got one more word and this came to me Wednesday morning and I got a text Tuesday night to a couple of our parishioners who are on a retreat and they said this was the word we got right before we went to bed they sent it to me Tuesday night and I got it on Wednesday morning. And this is about what goes on because this is how I interpret it. The Holy Spirit has got hold of our life. And this was the quote. Your legacy is not what you accomplish, but what others create because of you. Let me say that again. Your legacy is not what you accomplish but what others create because of you. Jesus, yes, the cross paid the cost of our sin. Yes, his blood 
purified us was the atoning sacrifice. Yes, his resurrection overcame death in the grave. Yes, when the Spirit come, we were empowered. But his legacy is the work that we do. It was the work that Peter and those went on and did. Verse 42 of Acts 2. And they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayer. You know, I realized when Jesus opened the scriptures to those two on the road to Emmaus, it was strictly the Old Testament. Isn't that amazing? Everything we read from Matthew to Revelation is a legacy that Jesus left for us. Isn't that amazing? That story we read from Emmaus, 60, 70 years 70 AD, that's a legacy. Your work is a legacy. So those who received the word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls and they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching. The fruit that it bore for their community was sweet and pleasing. Listen to what it says. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and held all things in common. Isn't that an amazing picture of the body of Christ? Hear the words of some of our younger people. Perfect love God poured out for us. So, this is my word in closing. Stay with him. Invite him in. Stay till your hearts are convicted and cut, um, till you just belong. And you know, you know that you've been redeemed and he's called you by name and that you're his. Amen.